0: Hiya and welcome to the Second Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilkes, and I'm joined by the Jan Sievert to my David Wagner. It's just impeach. Good afternoon. That one makes so much more sense than the previous ones you've said. I have no comment to make on that whatsoever. Before we start, just a reminder that there are midweek games this week, so we'll have an episode on Thursday. It'll be released quite late on Thursday because we both have jobs. Yes, Thursday's going to be a tight (laughs) one. (laughs) Yeah, so I imagine it might be a case of people actually listening to it on Friday. But there we go. We are dedicated to our work. Let's talk about the big news of the week then, Justin. Huddersfield won Fulham 2. Mitrovic and Cavalero got the goals. Mm -hmm. It resulted in Jan Sievert being the first sacking of the season. Not very surprising, though, is it? I mean, what, he's won one game in how many? Uh, it's the f- He's won one game since November. That's Huddersfield in general. That's Huddersfield in general, okay. But he's, you know... Well, he got that one win under Seward then. Yeah, yeah. There's a silver lining. I, I guess. But he- he'd he have been the bookies' favourite to be sacked. I don't think there are any bookies who offer odds on championship managers to be sacked first. But I think Seward would have been the overwhelming favorite one wouldn't he? I guess. It's a bit of a shame, really, because he inherited a, a bad situation... In the fact that Huddersfield was so poor last season, and going into this season, there are so many things that that can go wrong, especially with relegated teams, and it all seemed to seem to head that way for him. Yeah, but at the end of the day, he's been he's been under pressure ever since he was appointed, obviously, and he hasn't changed it at all, has he? In yeah. fact, they've arguably got worse. More likely, yeah, yeah, and. He's just a completely unremarkable manager at the end day, and he's. If you ask us in ten years' time to name every manager from this se- from this season, mm-hmm. he'd be the last one you name, I think, because he's just completely forgettable, and <laughs> he, he's just done nothing for Huddersfield. Huddersfield fans are glad that he's gone, even though there's not a certain successor in the line. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, as you say, first first to get sacked, last to. Remember exactly, uh, Mark Hudson is the bookies' favourite to mm. replace him. Would you say he's the cheap option? Why do you say this about <laughs> in-house because appointments? You're so harsh. Because it, it it's true, isn't it? Really, I don't think it's a cheap option. But like Wood, like Woodgate at Borough, it's the 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 guy they know the club. Yeah, Woodgate's going well so far. Yeah, we'll, we'll get on to that in a bit. Yes, <laughs> you know they they know the club. They're obviously good coaches. Um, so why not give him a chance it it makes sense from from Huddersfield's Huddersfield's perspective I'm not going to say I'm not saying Mark Hudson would be not doing a good job but it does come across a cheap option but quite often these people who are appointed from in-house sometimes have a good relationship with the players out there and considering the dressing room atmosphere at Huddersfield (laughs) at the moment it might not be the worst move on earth might it it's a a good appointment If, if they go with Hudson it's a good appointment but like We've said previously it's it's probably a good time to have, you know, to be needing to appoint a manager just because of the talent that's currently available. Yeah, Uh, Danny on Twitter says he's more than happy for the clubs give him a chance. He's a real leader on the pitch. Mm -hmm. Let's see how he does on the touchline. Yeah, he was a good player. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Huddersfield in general. Then, Uh, as I say, they've won once since November. We had them to finish in the top half, but I look at the team that played on Friday. And they don't look like a top half team to me. From there, there seems to be a a bit of an imbalance with the whole the whole team. You know, they look blunt going forward. The, I think the the Carl and Grant chance. I think they only had three touches in the opposition box on Friday night. Really, yeah. So you, you expect so much more from a team, especially a team that's just come down. But they're not getting the best out of certain personnel in there, and I think a new coach might might help that. Yeah, right. as you say, Colin Grant did score. He, in fact, he's the only player to have scored for Huddersfield so far this season. Do you think Huddersfield would stay up if he was the only player allowed to score? Um, no. What? <laughs> <laughs> so if he, if all players' goals for Huddersfield didn't count, would they stay up? Well, no, because they've they've only picked up a point. I uh, no what? <laughs> Basically, he's doing any... scoring anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, all the other players need to chip in, don't they? At the end of the day, absolutely. They've got they've got some good players in there. You know, you you think there's Kachunga who's proved it at this level that he can do well. There's Pritchard who's who again who's proved it at this level, um, and Benza. They're, they're hasn't been playing though. Hasn't been playing yeah. Dear Carby they're, they're players that need to chip in with goals They can't rely on one player um, And so far they have Even last season They did Yeah exactly Well let's not take anything away from Fulham After yeah. a disappointing opening day They've responded to, with two mm-hmm. good wins I don't think they're at the best on Friday But three points is three points Good away, Good away performance when you think about it They didn't really get into gear they sort of made a couple of tactical switches throughout the game. Cessnyon tucked inside when Fulham were breaking. Brian was the good out, was the outlet um, on the left flank. So. They're finding their feet and they're getting wins in the process. So it's it's a it's a fairly good start for Fulham. Yeah, Ivan Cavallero was quality, wasn't he? He scored a beauty of a goal, <laughs> it created more chances and had as many shots as anyone else in this game. And it's a taste of what's to come for Fulham fans, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, he's he's got that ability and um I think the more that front three sort of gets a tune with each other, the same with Brian, it took it took a while for Joe Brian to get into the game. Um same with yeah, I think well there, there was Kearney as well. Um once it all starts to click, I think it'll start to flow. So, yeah, yeah he, he he did well, error. Yeah, you mentioned him before. Stephen Sassignon made his league debut. He's the twin brother of Ryan. His real first name is Zizi, which I much prefer. Mm-hmm. Um Fulham fans have been calling for him to be involved in the team for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you make of him? Yeah, I think he got booked in the first ten minutes. And I thought, oh, here we go. It's it's, <laughs> it's not going to be a good start for him. Um, and I fully expected Huddersfield to just pepper that flank. You know, you got a full-back who's oh, on a yellow card, and it's his full league debut. You want he's to exploit that? Only twenty, that. I think. Yeah, you want to exploit that. But Huddersfield didn't, and they, I think, they missed out. But as uh, you know, not to take any, anything away from on he grew into the game. Yeah, he did well. Yeah, do you reckon he'll be starting going into the next few games then? Better than Cyrus Christie, so yeah. That's not hard. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What have we done? <laughs> uh, Reading 3. Cardiff nil. That was the game that's happened this Sunday lunchtime. George Pushkas got two goals on his league debut. Mm. And he looked a real player in this game, didn't he? We, I mean, I'm sort of surprised given that we pointed out his record last week and we weren't too inspired by it. But the goals, the, the way he took his goals today were quality. Yeah, he actually mentioned his record in uh, the Italian second tier yeah. last season was nine goals for Palermo. But he did cost £8 million. So there's clearly something there. Yeah. And he's shown that he is class, isn't he? Well, that first goal alone showed his quality. Oh, yeah. Just taking it around the Cardiff defence. Cardiff's defence, bear in mind, was still non-existent throughout the game. Not to take anything away from Puskas. As I say, his first goal was quality and he took his second goal very, very well. We'll get on to Cardiff's defence very <laughs> shortly. Uh, but we're not going to class him as an unrivaled success just yet no. because it is only one game. But Reading did need a striker, didn't they? And mm-hmm. he fits the bill so far. Yeah, absolutely. We're saying that they can't rely on Miete. Yep. was a weird way of saying it. I'll take it. Very continental. <laughs> just, just go with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, they needed someone to sort of get involved alongside him um, and, uh, from from goals perspective, and you know if they if they if he keeps scoring goals the way he does, they're gonna rise up the table absolutely well before this game I have said Reading were probably the worst team I've seen this season mm. so far but they were absolutely brilliant in this yeah, game absolutely. and it's um, they've brought in a few new players it could help them move up the table as you say and mm. I've also got to point out I have a deep love for John Swift he's got all his, his quality yeah it's a great goal great run I'm not, I, I, I see him more as a deep line player I did not know he had that in his locker yeah. he, he's been getting a bit of stick from Reading fans they say he, he doesn't create enough but I think he's just brilliant. I'd say when you talk about teams who expect to finish in the bottom half this season, Mm -hmm. he's probably one of the pick of the players from those teams. They'd be a much poorer side without him. Yeah, 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 definitely, absolutely. Let's talk Cardiff then. It was a really poor performance from (laughs) them. Defensively, they were all over the place, but they didn't create too much going forward either. No, looking at Galatzel, he seemed isolated at times. Um, They looked blunt. Pat going off didn't help the balance, I don't think. I think they had to switch to a back three, which obviously a, a formation change halfway through a game in force is never going to help the the flow of how you're trying to play. Um, I think Reading scored shortly after that as well. Yeah. So can you say it was a bad day at the office? I'm not too sure because I think out of all the teams i have we put in the to finishing top six this season... Cardiff are by far the team I've been least convinced by They've conceded as many goals as anyone else You mm-hmm. wouldn't really expect that with a new Warlock team really, mm-hmm. would you? No, de- de- well, definitely not But it's, you know, we're early on in the season They've got a, I wouldn't say a completely new squad But they've, they've shifted a lot of players and brought a lot of players in So it's going to take a bit of time to gel But the business they did, especially on deadline day Was just bizarre, <clears> really, want not it? <clears throat> and they, they've just... ended up as a weaker team Well, it feels weaker, but it's Neil Warnock. It looks weaker. (laughs) We we say it every week, it's Neil Warnock. He can get the best out of anyone. Not this week. Not this week. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they do in the next few games, but it's not been a glorious start so far for... Old Neil, I've just closed down my notes. I'm back. Wigan uh, <laughs> <laughs> Neil leads to a Patrick Bamford double sends Leeds top. Have leads justified their title as promotion favourites for you so far? Um, I'd say so. Wigan's home form is probably their key strength. Um, to, to go there and get a result is obviously a good thing. You'd expect it to lead anyway. Um, but the goals, the goals they scored, you know, they're creating chances, they're taking chances. Perhaps last week or the week before, they might not have, well, maybe not the week before, but last week, they might not have scored those goals for Bamford in the six-yard box each time. Um, They're not glorious goals, but they're goals you want to see. Because as I say, you know, you're getting in the opposition box, you're putting them under pressure and you're getting on the end of it. Yeah, Leeds fans have been full of praise for Patrick Bamford, but I'm, I'm not too sure why. Because of course he's got two goals. Yeah. But, and he's got to be in the right place at the right time, of course, but, I mean, I'd still expect Eddie Nketiah to come into the team soon. Well, you know, he scored on the opening day, Bamford, didn't do much last week, but then again, the team were fairly below par last week, I'd say, as well. Bamford's a player that's got quality, we've seen it in every loan spell he's had. He's inconsistent, though, isn't he? He goes through patches where he'll score goal after goal after goal, but then... He's a ghost for I mean, some other games. As most strikers are, they're confidence players. And if you're low on confidence, you're not going to get in the right positions. But as I say, the goals today showed that you know he's, he's up there. You know He's happy. He's, he's getting in the right positions. You, know, you don't always have to score amazing goals to, to be quality. As long as he's getting on the end of those. It's got happy. to be said. Leeds, on, on their underlying data for expected goals, <laughs> they have broken the scale so far. They are miles ahead of everyone else and I mean it was similar to last season they were very impressive Mm -hmm. in expected goals so they'll have to keep it up and actually finish off the chances if they do want to maintain this promotion push actually it's looking like a title challenge at the second but you know we'll have to see as the season goes on but so far Leeds probably the most impressive team so far by quite a distance as well would you say? Yeah you go to Bristol you score three goals at Bristol yeah, um, and then you Get a result at Wigan without a reply, it's you know, it's two good results, really. Yeah, let's Away talk Wigan home. then because mm-hmm. they went down to 10 men after Joe Williams was sent off. Wigan fans were complaining about the ref. I'm not sure if it was about this specific challenge, maybe but not, but there is absolutely no doubt that he deserved to be sent off. What a tit! <laughs> <laughs> like, what a tit! What was he doing? Yeah, I mean, if you make that foul, if you do that foul for the second yellow, when you're not even been booked It's a stupid tackle, tackle to me Such make. an awful tackle It's a red card in itself It's, yeah. it's an angle high challenge Stood showing on Bamford Yeah Nowhere near the ball And you, you're looking like What? Red card? Really? And even the first yellow He didn't need to do that Did he? Because nice. he, he, You're running the le- traffic aren't you? Yeah Ridiculous it, pretty, You've got to put it down to Inexperience and Excitement You know Against a top, top team Unbelievable. I mean, playing against Leeds is hard enough for the Levermen isn't it? But they didn't even lay a glove on them in this whole match, particularly. To, to be fair, the games have seen Wigan play with 10 men. They've been better. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the games have seen them play with 10 men. They've been a lot better. Well, they, they were 10 men last season when they beat Exactly. Leeds, they? Yeah. So, uh, well, Wigan picked up a good result on the opening day, but have played poorly in their last two games. Yeah. They've conceded seven goals in their first three games and haven't scored since the opening day. Mm-hmm. Alongside Reading, they've Reading and Cardiff now. Yeah, uh, they've got the worst defences. So, um, are Wigan the standout team to go down at the moment in your position? Um, perhaps they are. It's you know we know it's quite hard to say it early on in the season, but when you're conceding goals like that and not scoring. I think the two best chances Wigan had yesterday were from Lee Evans' free kicks. So they were the only chances they had. Yeah. Well, not even chances, really. They were just efforts from long distance. Yeah, it's, it's obviously difficult against a Leeds team because um, of how, how well they keep the ball, how well they press. But you expect a little bit more. Even Forest managed to ruffle feathers last week. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say that at the moment they are probably candidates to go down. But it, it can all change. Yeah, yeah, of course. Let's move on to Swansea three, Preston two. Two goals from Boya Baston, and one from on George it. Byers. Uh, Daniel on Twitter got very annoyed at us last week for not talking about Swansea enough. It was after a nil-nil draw, but <laughs> sorry, yeah. Daniel, we'll talk about them a bit longer this week. Uh, we can do because Swansea are joint top of the league. A good win for Steve yeah, Cooper. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's a great start, isn't it? You know, a new coach coming in, losing a couple of key players from yeah. last season, and as well as that, you integrate in Players that haven't played for the club for a couple of years. Wow, you know it's, it's a great start. Yeah, I mean the forgotten man, Andre Ayew is back in the fold. I completely forgot he was around. Yeah, uh, so did I. <laughs> but they brought back Boya Baston. It seems to be a lot of forgotten men just popping out of the woodwork uh, Swansea. I see Scott Sinclair to come out of the woods. Yeah, <laughs> is Michu still there? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, as you mentioned, Boya Baston <clears throat> scored twice. Uh, he scored on the opening mm-hmm. day as well. It's always handy being able to replace your star striker who leaves with a £15 million <laughs> record oh, yeah. signing. But uh, there you go. Um, in all seriousness, no... All seriousness though. Uh, Swansea could finish in top six this season, especially if it depends on boy uh, Boya Baston being in form. Yeah, they've they've you know looking at them last season we were really impressed and we were saying if Graham Potter stays there, would they have got to be nailed on for, for top six. He left, changed our opinion slightly, but Steve Cooper's a great coach, knows how to get the best out of players, especially younger players, so he fits the bill and obviously Boya Baston taking his goals like a proper number nine. Like their proper number nine goals are really good, really good finishes. You know, you, you, if you keep that up, you expect them to definitely finish in the top six. Yeah, I, as you say, I we both thought uh, mm-hmm. if Potter stayed, then Swansea would be challenging yeah. for the top six season, at, uh, this season at least. But we've been saying before, all Steve Cooper has to do is just keep on. Doing what Potter was doing, and he's doing a great job of it so far, isn't he? Yeah, the Cooper way. The Cooper way. Well, Preston then. Uh, no shame in defeat here for Preston. Uh, on another day, they could have very easily won. This is mm-hmm. the underlying data indicates Preston were possibly the better team. Uh, Preston fans are a bit concerned about their fullbacks. They've um, come up with the interesting developments, which is Alan Brown to play at right back. What do you mean? Your face? You you won't be able to hear this. The listeners won't be able to see the face that uh, you've just pulled, but it wasn't an impressed one. No, he's such a good midfielder. I know he lost form towards the end of last season, but I think Preston dipped as a whole. So to to put a a midfielder who's capable of scoring goals at right-back was clearly an issue at right-back. Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, he's not seemingly getting in the field at the moment because you've had Pearson, uh, Gallagher and Johnson who Mm -hmm. have been playing there instead and Brown's seemingly out of favour at the moment. So, is one way to wedge him into the team to just stick him at right back? Bit strange. Bit (laughs) strange, but... Well, it's it's hard to really... It's hard to sum it up. It's just... A bit strange. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not worried about Preston at the moment. I don't think they uh, they, they, no, bat- no. they battered Wigan last week, didn't <clears> they? And this yeah. was just a result that didn't fall their way really wasn't it. Yeah, they're always that they, they always make very slow starts to the season, uh, Preston. And um, you know their away form has never been as strong as their home form. So they pick, they can pick up results away from home. You know you can see a top top off finish for them, but they've always been they've always been. There or thereabouts with the playoffs. And it's games like these where they've got to do a lot better. Hmm. Yeah, and just finish off the chances at the end there, I suppose. Uh, Luton 1, West Brom 2. Two goals from Grady Diangana. Aaron on Twitter says, Everything is tidy, but they're only penetrating in spits and spurts. This is West Brom, by the way. Uh, deadline day signings look in very handy. Will only get better. Could do with a convincing 90 minutes to settle some apprehension. <laughs> uh, the Scott, for, I'm not sure what he means by that particularly because the scoreline doesn't do this game justice for me because West Brom are very comfortable in this game mm. uh, West Brom had 24 shots to Luton's 8 and Brees passed them unexpected goals I mean I guess it's a case of they <laughs> they want to put teams away um, but compared to last season this is a new West Brom completely new West Brom there's a lot more balance in the team they don't look as shaky at the back as they did last season no. Um They'll come good. They'll come good. I don't think you need to worry about them too much. Yeah, as mentioned, Diangana got both of Albion's goals. We've spoken at length on this show about how important the Holy Trinity of Gail Barnes and Rodriguez were for West Brom last yep. season. How about us, Austin, Diangana and Pereira? Hmm? Sounds good, although Austin did miss from about a yard out yesterday. That's true. That's true. They all came on as a sub yesterday. And yeah. I think they still need a bit of moulding yeah, yeah, into yeah. the team, but um, I mean, we needed someone to replace the three goals from the Holy Trinity. And uh, yeah, Garner definitely looks like he's going to fit in, into those boots at the moment, doesn't he? Yeah, his, his first goal was quality, drifting inside, th- um, thrashing one into the bottom corner. And <laughs> his second goal was... A bit fortunate. <laughs> I don't know, almost even better. I love a diving header. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Well, I mean, if your wingers are scoring uh, headers as well, then it's always yeah, bodes well, yeah. doesn't it? Uh, as we say, Austin came on as a sub. Mm-hmm. Do you expect him to... Get into the team soon. He's. I presume they're just building fitness with him because he hasn't played much. Yeah, absolutely. He's. He's. He's not. As you say, he's not played much. Um He's a goal scorer at this level. He's. He's gonna play. You know. We. We. I'd say we've criticised Zahor quite a lot. Yeah. he he had one of his better games probably his best game of the season so far although that's not very high standard Uh, but he (laughs) uh, still struggled to get involved he didn't have uh, many touches I can't remember the figure off the top of my head but he was a bit more effective when he did have the ball so we'll have to see I, as we say, I would expect Austin to eventually step in for Zahor but we'll have to wait and see Luton then one point for Luton so far not a team to be too worried about at the moment? No, it's... Their performances I have been alright in the first yeah, three games, haven't that, they? I think that's the thing you've got to take away from it, is their performances have been pretty pretty steady. They've been good. They are unlucky not to win against Borough, I thought. Um, they got a point last week. It's a fairly decent result. No, they didn't. They got a point. No, they didn't, did they? No.
1: <laughs>
0: got a point on the opening yes. day. But they've still performed well, haven't they? Well yeah, as I was saying. Um It's been two tough games as well. You've we've got to remember that It's you been. Know, been a difficult Cardiff thing. and West Brom. Yeah. You'd have thought those two would be challenging for the Promotion they, places, even though we have just been ripping Cardiff to shreds. They lost in the last minute last week. That's why. That's why. That's why. He had no, yeah, up Yeah, looked at the scores after the ninety minutes. Uh, the fixtures are starting to ease up a bit now, yeah. so they need to start getting the points on the board. Don't they? Yeah, their, their home form is going to be key for Luton this season, just because you know they're going away to big teams um, can be quite, quite quite difficult for teams that have just come up. Um, but it's their first TV at home since twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah. And it's also worth remembering they've got the new signings to come in as well, haven't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, James Breed didn't start yesterday. I don't think Izzy Brown did either. So, you know, it's a work in progress for Luton. Nothing to be worried about just yet. Everyone relax. Barnsley 2, Charlton 2. A late penalty from Lau Taylor. Rescued a point. Corley Woodrow's goal. Fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) All I've got written down here is Corley bloody Woodrow. (laughs) <laughs> this is goal of the season already. He took it like an absolute champ, didn't he? It's, it was unreal. real. I, I can't see there being a better goal. If you haven't seen it yet, go on Twitter and search the second tier Woodrow. We uh, tweeted it on Saturday night. It is an absolute shit-snorter. Uh, these are weird superlatives, but... Thunder bastard. <laughs> that's better. <bad enough. laughs> um, yeah, there's there's no words to really describe how good the goal was. It's just ridiculous yeah. the way... He, and the flick is impressive in itself. Mm-hmm. If he just buried that, it would have been, you know, yeah. that's a good goal. But he's placed it so far into the corner that he could have taken the ball in his hands, placed it into the goal, and he wouldn't have been able to place it better than that. No, it was it was, it was an outstanding finish from a, a player we know who's got that quality. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And it's good to see it coming out, um, especially in the Championship. So Yeah, he's got a few goals last season, but Kiefer Moore was... Probably the number one striker. Yeah. So he's needed to step up this season. Mm-hmm. And here we go. Yeah. More of that, please, Corley. Yeah. It's his first goal in this season as well. It's his, he obviously hasn't been playing much in the championship. So it's his first goal in the championship for a few years as well. Yeah, uh, We'll have to see how he it goes. Uh, well, Charlton were unlucky in this game. They could have easily won this and definitely deserved at least a point. So mm-hmm. the penalty was quite fortunate in the end. Uh, Lyle Taylor scored again. Yeah, with his interesting you know, penalty run-up. Run-up? Walk-up? Run up. Walk-up, walk-up, yes, yeah, <laughs> <it's>, absolutely. <laughs> He's done it before, but it's effective, isn't it? I was sort of thinking this. As he was walking up, his eyes on the keeper, his eyes on the keeper, and then the keeper dives. Do you reckon that's why he does it? So yeah. he can see which way the keeper's going last minute? Definitely, but the fact that the run-up's so slow, the keeper's got so much time to think about it. Yeah. You'd have thought... So you think it's be- psychological, psychological as well? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, keeper's got so much time to think about it, um, so... How's Sorry, i just see? scratched myself. <laughs> Weird. This photo frame that's sat next to me is very sharp. Get over it. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, Charlton. Uh, Connor Gallagher impressed me, again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He could end up being one of the signings of the season. Yeah, he's, I would say he's come from nowhere, just because you normally get... A group of youngsters, they get touted going out on loan. Players like Dean Garner, the speculation almost like mounts up all the way through the window and then they eventually sign. Um, Conor Gallagher came from nowhere. Hmm. Um And as we know, Bowie is so good at getting the best out of, especially younger players, young players on loan. He's so he's so good at getting the best out of him. and Conor Gallagher looks like another great find. Yeah, and the way Charlton are going at the moment and we spoke about the signings last week, they're looking... Pretty steady, aren't they? Well, you know, seven points out of nine. It's a great start for a team that weren't fancied at all, (laughs) particularly by us. (laughs) I mean, when when you consider how you know deadly your man Lyle is uh, doing, you know, it's only going to continue for the moment from how it looks anyway. Uh, Yeah, definitely. Uh, Charlton have also signed Erhan Osterma. Played 18 games for Bolton last season. Did well. Yeah, you right with that? He's five foot four, isn't he? Is he? He's Fantastic. very small, yeah. Oh, great. I did not know that. <laughs> Let's move on. Forest 3, Birmingham 0. Joe Lolly was amongst the goals. Ryan on Twitter says, Forrest could have scored even more mm. and need to be more ruthless, which is a bit harsh, but uh, he was impressed with Samedo and Sal. Uh, Lolly was man of the match with a goal and an assist. He's absolutely quality, in T. When on his day, he's possibly the best player in the championship. We've not seen the best out of him in the first two games, um, but to the, yeah, not today, sorry yesterday it was it was absolutely quality unplayable and as you say he, on his day he can be one of the best he's, he's quick he's sharp he's he's uh, uh, he's agile and his left foot's like a wand oh, absolute one! the the goal quality i mean camp maybe could have done better yeah. but he he hit it bloody hard yes uh, michael dawson got his first goal for forest for 15 years how, uh, yeah. how exciting what a what a dream <laughs> <laughs> we we've spoken at length about the forest defence it's a bit concerning they weren't Particularly challenged by a blunt Birmingham team yesterday. No. So would that be the main concern for you? Even though they weren't particularly tested yesterday, they need to integrate the signings that they brought in, don't they? Well, the, one thing they have lacked is a leader at the back. They've got that in Dawson. Yeah, they've got Joe Ward alongside him, who's definitely got the ability and the potential to to really kick on to be a great centre half. It's the full-backs, really. The full-back areas, for me, are uh, probably the weakest part of their defensive forest. They don't have a lot of depth in the fullback areas either, which is another big, big worry. We've got the Portuguese lad, whose name has completely left me, who hasn't played yet. I think he's injured. Is he from Benfica? Yes. Of course he is. I think. We'll just, <laughs> we'll just make the assumption he is. Yeah. And then you've got <laughs> Jenkinson, who obviously signed on deadline yeah. day. So... You know the options are there, more we'll coming to the team eventually. Mm-hmm. But we, I said, I fancied Forrest for the top six at the start of the season. You weren't too sure. Do you believe now? Um, I think the draw is still out. Okay. Um, but as you say, they looked so dangerous yesterday. And even Robinson, I was really impressed with Robinson yesterday. He got up. And one thing I said, I think last week was Forest need to push on, push on, you know, overload, still. overload the wide areas. Yeah, yeah the fullbacks. Um, And they did that yesterday and they absolutely battered Birmingham. And as as the the fan mentioned, they could have scored a lot more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well, let's talk Birmingham then. This result, for me, has been coming. And if you'll just allow me to (laughs) explain just a minute. So Birmingham's results so far do not reflect their performances. They've got four points from the first three games. But in terms of expected goals, they're the worst team defensively, level with Wigan. And then in terms of going forward, they're the third the third worst team is Middlesbrough, who averaged one goal per game. Millwall are second, yeah. with 0.6 goals per, per game. Birmingham averaged 0.3. <laughs> okay. So, in summary, that's absolutely appalling. It is. It is. <laughs> well, of course, it's a results game, and that's what matters. The underlying data tends to show in results sooner or later. So, unless the performances at Birmingham start to improve dramatically, then expect Birmingham to drop down the table soon, is what I'd say. Okay. It is worth pointing out they've had three tough games to start off with. So, you know, the games are starting to ease up a bit, but we'll have to wait and see, because if Birmingham carry on the way they do, then the relegation fears that we talked about, we didn't believe, we might have to start believing. Well, you pretty much summed it up, I guess. I mean, yesterday was dreadful. They were poor. They were so poor, and it's frustrating, <laughs> you know, because Birmingham's got such a good away support, and to, to put that level of performance in, especially defensively, is is, is just so poor. Um, but saying that, you know, it's it's a new system that they're playing, completely yeah. new system. They've got a lot of signings to to integrate into the squad. A lot of signings came in late through the window, so I, I expect Birmingham to improve. They can only improve. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely true. Yes. So I don't. I. I still. I can't see them having that bad of, you know, expected goals for too long. But well, I. 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 I do expect to see an improvement. I'm sure a lot of Birmingham fans would agree with me. Yeah. They. They've. They need to see an improvement because if they don't, then they're in trouble. Let's move on to ten-man Millwall. One, Sheffield Wednesday, nil textbook Millwall Matt Smith Millwall are joint top they are shithousing in the league <laughs> 7 points from 9 I, I I was so impressed with Millwall's transfer business um, in the window they they <laughs> definitely playing to their strengths yeah. um, they definitely are so as mentioned in my Birmingham rant uh, Millwall are struggling for goals and they've actually had the fewest shots this season uh, but at the opposite end, it's a completely different hmm. story. Defensively, they have been superb. They've only conceded one goal so far this season. And it's no fluke either, because the underlying data shows only three teams have actually been better than them defensively. So what I'm basically trying to say is, don't put Millwall in your both teams score accumulator. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> but full credit to them, they've got the win, you know, with 10 men as well. Mm-hmm. And that can't be underestimated at all. against a team who have won... Every game so far this season. Yeah, um Wednesday Even Wednesday. though it is only two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um they well, Wednesday have looked good so far this season and I think I think they're just probably victims to to, to Millwall's organisation and style of play. Perhaps going out to ten men might have played to Millwall's hands yeah. a lot better because they're so well organised at the back. Um it's sort of Going to down to ten men sometimes makes your job a lot harder, and against Millwall, it's so much harder. Yeah, so, yeah, it is a cliche, isn't it? Yeah. But teams will not enjoy playing against Millwall this season. No, no, definitely not, especially at the Den. Yeah, Um yeah. it's so cliche, th- yeah. but it's actually true. It, there's no, there's no cliche about it when it's facts. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's just a fact. You know, two clean sheets at home, two one nil wins. Matt Smith set piece goal. Max, Matt, Matt Smith set piece goal. It's. It's all you want. yeah, keep doing it. Well, Wednesday, it it was a disappointing result. They had uh, 21 shots to Millwall's three. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. However, it's got to be said, they were limited to mostly shots from outside the box. Yeah. uh, Because, as we mentioned, they struggled to break down a Millwall side who were just solid, weren't they? the, The Leeds Millwall games. I can't wait for that, <laughs> honestly. Attack for defence. Yeah. The highest number of chances created by an individual this weekend was four. There were quite a few players who got yeah, four yeah. chances created. Barry Bannon was one of them. He came did on. it in 45 minutes. Yeah, say so he came on as a sub. Um, but to say that Wednesday have missed him so far, yeah. and they've still won two games out of three you'd expect him to get better he's 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 such a good player at this level yeah and uh, we were waxing lyrical about Wednesday last week Mm -hmm. you know the two wingers have been absolutely phenomenal so far this season and then Barry Bannon coming back into the team it would be interesting to see how they keep on going in the next few games absolutely yeah I look forward to seeing how they might change but you know I I still hope that Lee Bullen gets the job yeah I think he deserves it I know it's only two games but his record as a caretaker has been great sorry yeah three games sorry he won two games his record as a caretaker's been great. It's probably about time he got the job. Yeah. Give it give him the job, guys. Give it boring. The Gary Vower at Derby. Stoke two. Derby two. Martin Waghorn got both of mm-hmm. Derby's goals. It seemed like a game that could have gone either way, really, because mm. even though Stoke were the better team and had loads of chances, <laughs> Martin Waghorn missed a golden opportunity at the end, didn't he? Yeah, no, definitely. Um got put through by Yosef Zoon. Um I I think that was good goalkeeping, and we've been criticising Jack butler yeah. plenty. Um, I think it was goalkeeping. Yeah, he, he rushed out very late. So, sort of looked like Martin Magons' mind was made up, i.e., taking it, um, bending it around the keeper. But Butler came out so late. Obviously, changed his mind. He went for the chip. Wrong decision. Good save. Good, good, good goalkeeping for me. And speaking of uh, terrible misses, Joe Allen, <laughs> how? <laughs> Again, another cliche, it was, it was harder to miss. We were saying it downstairs. He's got th- like four or five inches of post to hit compared to <laughs> six foot of goal. Ugh. It is one of the worst misses I've ever seen. It's, it's terrible, isn't it? Yeah. And it, I'm such an experienced player as yeah. well. One of the most talented players, probably technically in the division. Mm. I, I I'm lost for words. I'm sure Stoke fans were when they yeah. when they missed it. But, yeah, and at the yeah. end of the day, this is you know we joke about it, but this could have very easily been three points for Stoke from a team uh, yeah, who yeah. are bottom of the table at the moment. It's it's so bizarre because one thing we've said about Stoke is they're defending, and that sort of that came to fruition in this game as well because their defending was still quite poor, but they created so many chances. They hit the bar through it from Ince. They obviously hit the post with Allen. They they could have won this. They could have scored for like four or five goals quite easily. And Nathan Jones needs a win. Yeah, he does. But that that Stoke team just needs a bit of fine tuning, and they will start to rise up the table. As I say, they're creating a lot of chances. Just Do you think it's just a case of just you know the luck falling their way? Well, when you miss from a yard out, well, <laughs> um, yeah, of course. But you know, we've spoke about other teams who have struggled so far this season. We've just talked about Wigan. You know, they've got three points so far this season. And Stoke have got the one point. You know, Wigan, their performances haven't been great, while Stoke's have just been unlucky, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, as I say, it's, it's games like this. You know, Stoke could have had a penalty as well. Yeah. You know, it's that bit of look. The, the, the Derby penalty, you know, they get given, they don't. It was a bit of a soft one. So, as you say, it's just a bit of look at the moment. And, you know, a bit more clinical, a bit more aggressive in front of goal they'll start to score a lot of goals. Yeah, Let's go from the Gary Rowett derby to the Danny Graham derby. Danny Graham. Blackburn won Middlesbrough nil and it was won by a penalty from Danny Graham. Teasider Exactly. Marcus on Twitter says Borough are clueless and he has no positives from the game. Good. <laughs> I'm quite concerned by Borough. They, yeah. they they seem to be in a bit of a state. There's, it's a, I think this is one thing that we pointed out. They're going to be stuck in between a... They're obviously transitioning at the moment. They're going to be stuck in between style of plays, between what Woodgate wants and what they had, because it's such a such a big transition from what walking organised defensive football to a bit more fluid going forward. Um, again, I I'd expect to see Borough to rise up to the table, but perhaps you know it's got to be done sooner or later because the pressures are going to be building on Woodgate. Well, you say that, but I'm, I'd have to disagree with you that it would move up the table because keep going back to the underlying stats so far, they have looked really poor. They've gone from not creating many chances but being solid under Pulis to not creating many chances and conceding a lot of chances. <laughs> it's, it's as you say, they, they have had to change style yeah. and they have been a bit more open but it's just not working at either end of the pitch at the moment. No, but as you say, sometimes it's a bit of luck and this I, this isn't even even look though because Stoke, they've just not put away their chances. Yeah, Middlesbrough, they're not creating any chances. Yeah, but going back to the Brentford game, they could have easily beat Brentford. They I thought they were quite unlucky not to get the win against Brentford. They should. I think the goal disallowed for the handball. But this is a Blackburn team who haven't performed well so far this season, no. and they've just rolled over. I wouldn't say they rolled over. They only lost 1-0 and it's from from a penalty. Yeah, but not too. Not they didn't really put much of a fight. As I say, it's it's, it's obviously just not clicking, and it. I th- I think it will. I, th- I saw a lot in that Luton game to think, okay, there's something about this Borough side now, and and again against Brentford, you know, from seeing the from seeing the highlights in that game, I thought there's a lot in this Borough team. They've got the players. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. And we, we've been. You know, praising Hayden Colson at left-back. I don't think he played at the weekend. But, you know, Samba Longa, Lewis Wing, players who have, you know, done it at this level. And Lewis Wing's a young lad who has shown signs of brilliance so far this season. Mm -hmm. But it looks like, so far, from my perspective, that Woodgate doesn't know what he's doing particularly. Maybe that's a bit harsh, yeah, but probably. But it's it, as I said, it's, it's a big job from going what Pulis built there, and you know Woodgate's working with a, he's working with almost the same players as well. So he's got to move that stale football to something a bit more interesting. You're going to leak goals because that that difference in style of play. You know, it'll get better. It'll get better. Okay. Well, Blackburn then, and not much to really say about them. I don't think you can really read too much into this game because they haven't been great this season. Borough are just terrible. As I say, there's obviously not much in the game. You know, it's a one 0 win from a from a penalty. A clean sheet for Blackburn is probably the best thing they, you know, other than the three points that they can get from the game. Yeah, because the defence looks, looks really It looks a lot more solid now, doesn't it? Well, it did yesterday, but as you said, Borough didn't really threaten. So perhaps could be down to Blackburn's defence. Who knows? Uh, Bristol City 2, QPR 0. Benekafobi and Adam Nye, I've been told, is how you pronounce his name. I much prefer saying Nagy, so I might just stick to Nagy. So there's three different pronunciations here. You say Nagy. I prefer to say Nagy, but I've been told it's actually Nye. Nagy Nagy is much more entertaining. I like Nagy. Either way, (laughs) uh, Nagy... Got the goals. <laughs> no, I, I don't goal. know I got the goal. No, I got the goal. <laughs> uh, and Aphobe got on the score sheet, which is promising because we've been saying if he gets his confidence back, yep. he could be absolutely deadly for Bristol City, couldn't he? Yeah, if he's firing, he's dangerous. I'm a big fan of Aphobe from going back to when he was at Wolves. He was absolutely quality. Um, so it's good to see him, obviously, in the goals. He's, he's a good forward. Um, and at this level, he can you can really, really turn it on. Yeah. feel a bit sorry for Jeju because he didn't do a lot wrong against Leeds. Well, yeah, it wasn't his fault particularly was no. it because he was just completely isolated and they were just pumping up balls yeah. to him and but, telling him to do something with it. Yeah, but he's a, he's a he's a great option off the bench and even a foreb if he's on the bench and he comes on there's two great options there for Bristol which weren't there at the start of the season. Yeah. So they're looking at a lot you know, better going forward, I think. Yeah, And it's a good result as well, especially after the bad news earlier in the week. Jada Silva mm. out injured for five months. Yeah. That's a massive blow. And it not only means Bristol are missing out on a quality player, it also changes how they play. Mm. Because if I could digress for a sec, <laughs> Tommy Rowe is now playing at left back. Yeah, But the theory is that he can't play in the back four. So they're being forced to play three at the back. And Bailey Wright is also injured, which means they're down to three centre-backs, which is why they're now trying to sign Ashley Williams, apparently. Mm. Uh, So in summary, what do you think? Because Bristol's defence looked like it was going to be the bedrock of their Mm -hmm. push for a playoff place this season. But this changes everything, doesn't it, really? Webster getting sold changed everything. That is also true. Tore the script apart from what we expected. But as you pointed out, changing the shape... Is always difficult when you've got one formation you want to play, especially at the start of the season. You want a bit of continuity, um, and then you're forced the into changing it. Is it Bristol's fault for not having cover at fullback? Maybe. Well, I presume they thought that you know De Silva would just be the one to play out for the whole season, and very would be able to fit in if he misses, you know, the odd game. How can you not play in a back four? It's a staple of English football. He can't help himself. He just loves to attack. Staple of English football. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, so you've got a midfielder playing at left-back now. You've got a young lad in Taylor Moore who's playing at centre-back. Webster's gone. Defence not looking as solid, is it? Got a clean sheet yesterday, though. Yeah, but we'll talk about QPR now. Uh, Dave on Twitter says QPR were probably even with City but have to turn possession into goals because they don't look like they're going to keep many clean sheets with this defence that's what we that's what we said um, it's all well and good being good on the ball but if you're not turning that into goals or chances what's the point yeah the second goal was a real comedy of errors oh it? god yeah awful. <laughs> really really bad uh, QPR were a bit unlucky as uh, David <laughs> said uh, they might have deserved a point uh, they had loads more shots than Bristol and just edged it in the XG but they seemed to make their own mistakes that, summed, that pretty much summed up QPR last season there's so many goals that could have been avoided Um, And the goal yesterday was so poor Even the first goal um, Adam Nye Coming in late for the half volley Naggy Um, Yeah, coming in late for the half volley You want your defenders to attack that Or at least your midfielders to pick up second balls And and didn't either Yeah Or -er. Uh, Nye Nye I've been a bit harsh on QPR this season and personally, I still think they'll finish in the bottom six, but I'm much more optimistic for them, judging on how they've played so far this season. Because yeah. they're definitely teams in the worst states, aren't they? Oh yeah, absolutely. They've we've pointed out key factor for QPR is Warburton. Yeah, because he's he's such a he's such a good coach, and if he's got everything in the right place, you know the potential there is really good. But you can't defend like that, and as well as that, you've got to start taking your chances. And another thing we've pointed out is Hugo. Isn't necessarily overly prolific, mm. so it's it's a it's bad not a bad situation, but it's a bit tricky for They've got Naki Wells to come in that way, yeah, they? yeah, definitely. Yeah, and no, that'll change things. We're time. much more confident about Naki Wells getting the goals for QPR yeah. than Jordy Hugel, aren't we? Let's finish off then with the final game, which is Brentford one, Hall one. Brentford didn't perform brilliantly here, no. and this is a game really they should be winning if they want to go up. Uh, they... Got to win all the home games. You'd, the Brentford at Griffin Park, you'd expect him to score a lot of goals, and they yeah. haven't done that so far. And they lost to Birmingham the opening day. Yeah. Drew with Hull here. Mm-hmm. It's not a great start, is it? No. Um, again, they they made a good start last season. It's just not quite worked out for him yet. You'd hope, but then again, there's been a there's been more changes than you think of Brentford. So yeah, it is. Nearly a completely new team Isn't it? Nearly, Really, really. Yeah. It, well it's definitely hot, At least half a new team mm-hmm. uh, Ollie Watkins scored again uh, Ben Rama came off the bench Good So You know There we go Still without that Number nine well, it Seems like Watkins is the one he Scored in his last two nil. Yeah to be fair The goals he scored Are proper poker scores aren't they Yeah, yeah. He, he did he used to play up front When he was at Exeter I think didn't he Before yeah, he got he's, moved out to the wing Yeah I suppose And he's not I guess he's not really hit I do not say hit the highest But he's not been overly prolific he's got 10 last season yeah but it's not it's not 20 is it he's playing out of the wing and pace hogging all the goals I just he's not and it's, it's a, I wouldn't say it's a worry for Brentford but it adds a bit of pressure on other players to have to chip in and yeah. they haven't done that yet yeah defensively they've been fine so far this season the goal yesterday was a bit of a God knows what happened there. Mm-hmm. But defensively, they've looked solid and it's more a case of going forward, which is a complete polar opposite to how it was <laughs> yeah, last yeah. season. Uh, Hall then, just finally, N Whittingham on Twitter says, very chuffed with a solid all-round yeah. performance for Hall. Still looking for a clean sheet. Hopefully, he'll come against a somewhat goal-shy Blackburn on Tuesday. <laughs> I'm not convinced about that clean sheet because even though it's a good performance from Hall and they've got a point, they still look a bit vulnerable defensively. Well, I think concede more than one... Against Brentford, so... Yeah. As I say, this is a Brentford team who are struggling a bit going forward at the moment, but we'll have to wait and see. Um But yeah, Hull, Jared Bowen again, right foot. Two right-foot goals this season yeah. for Bowen. Didn't do that much last season. Not a one-man team. <laughs> no comments. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the interesting stories of this past week. We'll start off with Kiko Kasia. He's gone from... The heights of the Bernabeu, playing alongside Ronaldo and Ramos, to playing at Salford and giving a fan his pie back. I just the thought come into my mind, Kiko has gone from lifting up Champions League trophy to picking up a pie. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's move on. Uh, the Leeds documentary has obviously come out this week. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it yet, but it's, uh... yeah, I've, 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 I think I watched the first three episodes. I'm up to the uh, the Daniel James. Ooh transfer window um, yeah it's been really good I saw a Leeds fan say on Twitter that if you watch a documentary or how can you watch a documentary about another football team that you don't support I'm like does even make sense because football's football yeah. and you want to see insight and this Leeds one is, is great Victor Orta by the way is brilliant he's so passionate about football about Leeds and he's so animated and it's great to watch and I think, I think Leeds are in good hands I know there's a lot of um, a lot of chat about Radrazani, the owner, over the summer about not putting in money, but you'll re you, know, you go through you, know, you watch a documentary and you think you know they're in good hands here compared to what they have been in the past. Yeah, yeah absolutely, and uh, a few Derby fans have been pointing out why they watching a documentary about them failing to get promoted, which I particularly enjoy because it's going to be amazing when Derby play Leeds. <laughs> But it's next month, I think, isn't this, it? Yeah, this is the great thing about Leeds and Bielsa is it's created a rivalry that was probably going a bit stale with Derby mm. because it all went back to the seventies and you know, I wasn't alive back then, so I don't, I wasn't really asked. <laughs> but this, this, the whole Spygate, the playoffs, Bielsa, Lampard, it's rejuvenated, it's, it's rejuvenated, rejuvenated a, a rivalry, and it's really good to be more. see it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's stick with Bielsa then. This is a very Leeds-dominated section. Yeah. I'm sorry about this. <laughs> he said in the week he can't tell people, the team, beforehand because a supporter was complaining to him a couple of days ago about him giving away his lineup. But between you and me, it's going to be the same team, he said. <laughs> Did you see his little rice smile after he told the joke as well? <laughs> it was adorable. <laughs> uh, Ex-QPR star, a Delta-wrapped has taken a 30% pay cut to sign a new three-year deal at Benfica, despite him making just eight appearances in four years there. He'll be on loan in the Championship in January. Getting back at QPR, like, <laughs> that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Well, he's taken up a pay cut, wouldn't he? I don't know how old he is now. He must be nearly 30, or at least 30. Got to be, yeah. yeah Got to but- be. I'd love to see him back in the Championship. He'll be amazing. And then, just finally, Lee Tomlin wasn't available for Cardiff this weekend after Neil Warnock revealed he had a real bad week on and off the toilet. That pretty much summed up Cardiff's performance <laughs> as well, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's absolutely true. We've all been there, Lee. Get better soon. Uh, anything else you spot, let us know. You can tweet us at the Second Tier or email us at secondtierpod at gmail.com. We really need a name for this section. The Craig Bryson pumpkin. Oh right, no, I mean the the um, yeah, like yeah. other news bit. If anyone comes up with a good name, let us know because we're struggling. We'll credit you as well. Yeah, yeah. Once, <laughs> <then> never again. <laughs> Please do our work for us. Right, let's move on to the Craig Bryson pub quiz. This week, it's my turn to answer. So, Justin is going to give me some clues about a random championship legend. The only rule is he's got to have made over 200 mm-hmm. championship appearances and to have been fairly recently. So, Justin, hit me with the first clues, please. I thought you shortchanged with Neil Dans last week. Great shout, but, you know, a bit cheeky. So I've, I've, Why is that cheeky? I've, I've got a good one here. Why? I've got a good one. Why is it cheeky? It's a bit cheeky. Why? He's not done anything in your career. Oh. Anyway. Scandalous. Not really, he's a good player. Anyway, you ready? Yeah. I played for two second-tier teams, making just over 200 appearances, scoring 41 goals and assisting 27. 41 goals? Scored 41. And assisting 27? mm mm-hmm. OK. So, it's quite... It's all right. That's all right. Yeah. So, we're talking a striker or a midfielder mm. who scores quite a few. Two second-tier teams. I'll go with Bobby's Moore. No. <laughs> okay. he scored more than that. Anyway. Has he? I've won promotion to 24? the Premier League. <laughs> you, 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 it's not him. Okay. I won promotion to the Premier League twice with my first team. Sorry, that doesn't make sense. I've won promotion to the Premier League twice with my my first team in in English football Okay in 2008 and 2011, and I won promotion with my second team in 2013. So I've been promoted three times from the second tier. 2008 and 11? Oh my god, you make <laughs> me cast my mind back now. So 2007 was Derby, West Brom mm-hmm. and Birmingham. But I can't remember for the life of me who came up. Stoke did actually. Stoke came up that season. I think they did. But they have obviously been in the Premier League for quite a while, so it's who came up with Stoke, and I'm really struggling to remember who that was. That's what I mean. Yeah. Told you, that's Daniel. Totally yeah. It's a difficult one. This one. <sighs> did Burnley get promoted around that time? And then they got promoted. Come on, a couple take of seasons. Guess. Okay, I'm going with the theory that it's a Burnley player. And did it say first club. Yeah, so his first team won promotion in 2008 and 2011. His second what, team first in team one. of his career? No, in the in English football. In English football? Oh, I'm saying English football. So his first second tier team, he won promotion in 2008 and 2011. Second one, 2013. <sighs> okay. Make a guess, come on. Um, oh, bloody hell, I'll go Robbie Blake. No. <laughs> I was an FA Cup semi-finalist in 2008 and a finalist in 2014. Right. It's... Cardiff then I think Wait say that again I was an FA Cup semi-finalist in 2008 Yeah So I didn't get to the final So it's not Cardiff And an FA Cup finalist in 2014 FA Cup finalist in 2014 Was that Wigan I think it was He played up front for them Oh this is killing me (laughs) I'm going to take a stab in the dark Oh, no one's coming to mind. Oh, this is killing me. Okay, I'm going to just go with Marlon King. No. That's not right. Why did I say that? I am a Slovenian international with 61 caps. I went to the World Cup in 2010. Even scored against Algeria while I was there. I was also a captain. Slovenian? Mm. Oh, uh, Zoltangera. No. What? No! <laughs> it's Hungarian. Oh, he yeah, is, not he? It? No, it's... Um, the no, body no, 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 no. Oh, I can't remember who it was. <laughs> Um, okay, go on. <laughs> I won Player of the Year at Hull in 2012 whilst playing for Nick Barnby. It's... Um, oh, I know it. He's midfielder, isn't he? <laughs> oh, oh, what's his name? He played in... He played for West Brom. Then it must have been in Hull, I presume. Mm-hmm. He was an FA Cup finalist. Yeah. Oh, because Hull got to the final, didn't they? Yeah. Um, Ah, oh, I can't remember his name! Midfielder? Yeah. Have I got any clues left? you got one more clue. Oh, I can't remember his name. It's it's on the tip of my tongue. Go on, hit me. Next clue? Yeah. The managers I played under were Tony Mowbray, Roberto Di Matteo and Nick Barby. Oh. doesn't really tell you anything. What's his name? Di Matteo? Yeah. When did he play under Di Matteo? Um, in his 2011 season, I think. I can't remember his name. This is killing me. Corin! Robert Corin! Yes, Thank God! Oh. <laughs> what a doozy, eh? Oh, my lord. That. As soon as you said Slovenian international, yeah, I was on it. But He was but... captain for Slovenia in 2010 at the World Cup. That didn't surprise me. He played against England? He was quite a good player. He was a good player. Yeah, I really, I really liked him. He's the only Slovenian player I can think of off the top of my head. <laughs> Otherwise, he was getting mixed up with Slovakia. Is that racist? That's not racist. No. Good. <laughs> although, although presuming Gero or Slovenian was pretty poor form. Eastern European. <laughs> so no more. Right. This has been the second tier podcast. As always, please give us a like, retweet, recommend us to your friends. All that shabazz. Let, just give us some love, please. Give us a review on iTunes. We haven't said that in a while, have yeah, we? go for it. No, do that. Please be nice. Don't give us a review if you're not going to be nice. That could damage us quite harshly it just upsets us yeah and as usual if you do tell your friends about us and send proof Justin will send a picture of him doing his thumbs up yes I will anyway this has been the second tier podcast <laughs> I've been Ryan Dills. I've been Justin Pete thank you for listening make you feel alright alright